many policies get created but the execution becomes the toughest part in the entire process so we bring in ai not just in recommending policies but also in the execution of the same if we can manage perception in the context of covid 19 then a lot can be done isn't it we as a policy do not take up any political consultancy work but that is us that does not mean it's not possible right many companies would take it up very happily and are doing it misutilization of technology especially in this context one specific context that you have mentioned is very much possible even today thank you for joining the change i am possible which is india's first future tech meets sustainability podcast and today i'm delighted and honored to have with me mr ashwin shrivastava who's an entrepreneur investor author and a government advisor mr shrivastava is the co-founder and member of the board of idn ventures a growth stage private equity accelerator with operations in india uae and africa He is also the co-founder of People Management Research and consultancy firm Great Manager Institute and leads Sapio Analytics, a government advisory firm with offices in Silicon Valley, Mumbai and London. He co-owns a global media network called Ajanta HC through Sapio and UITV. He is also the co-owner of Cancer Rounds, a virtual comprehensive cancer care hospital and a brand of Nutraceuticals for cancer patients through Princeton Healthcare. He is also a regional mentor of change at Niti Aayog, Government of India, advisor to Indian Council of Medical Research, and author of the new book titled "The Artificially Intelligent Government: Stories of Impact on Governments and Citizens Using New Age Technologies." So it's a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. Really appreciate you giving time. So the intro is something which I pull out the net. So it'll be super awesome to give a brief intro on what you've been doing and what drives you as an entrepreneur. thank you for that intro yeah so so i have been uh, you know from the start of my career itself been an entrepreneur uh, building companies building tech companies is my passion uh, my work and in the last few years the focus has been on what we call new age technologies so of course data analytics artificial intelligence uh, i have built a few uh, amazing companies in the past got exits and that's how i founded my venture capital fund uh, but then i'm an entrepreneur so you know building uh, companies building products is what i like more than anything else so you know kind of i would say back to being entrepreneur with all these amazing companies that i have cpu analytics which is a very exciting uh, i would say group of companies there are quite a few companies within cpu analytics which is uh, working towards uh, making governments take the right decisions make the right policies using artificial intelligence now you know when we thought of creating it it was uh, you know totally an unseen concept but today you know many governments are using the systems that we have and it basically functions across different departments of governments uh, starting from uh, the local administration urban as well as rural uh, law enforcement intelligence uh healthcare uh, and of course economic growth the book uh, which you mentioned edi uh, the artificially intelligent government that's how it came about because uh, uh, it is primarily uh, stories of the work which sapio analytics has been doing uh, and how there is this possibility uh, which we can see now that governments 
कैन स्टार्ट टेकिंग डिसीजन बेस्ड ऑन एनालिटिक्स कमिंग फ्रॉम डेटा बट देर इज अ लॉट ऑफ एफर्ट गोइंग टूवर्ड्स मेकिंग श्योर दैट दैट द ड्यू इम्पॉर्टेंस ऑफ दिस दीज न्यू एज टेक्नोलॉजीज कम इन गवर्नेंस एंड डिसीजन मेकिंग इट सेल्फ इन दिस डेकेड इट सेल्फ ऑलमोस्ट ऑल ऑफ दीज टेक्नोलॉजी विच आर करेंटली इन नेशन स्टेज विल बिकम मॉन्स्टर्स इफ वी डू नॉट नज इट टूअर्स द डायरेक्शन विच इज गोइंग टू बी बेनिफिशियल फॉर माइंड काइंड एंड वी नीड पीपल हुव गॉट फॉर साइट टू अंडरस्टैंड दिस रेवोल्यूशन एंड लेवरेज दिस ऑपरचुनिटी बिकॉज आई थिंक ऑलमोस्ट ऑल ऑफ द टेक्नोलॉजीज आर सो पोटेंशियल दैट इट कैन क्रिएट यूज ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन ऑलमोस्ट ऑल इंडस्ट्री सेक्टर्स स्टैंड टू गेट कंप्लीटली ट्रांसफॉर्म्ड एंड दोज हु डू नॉट लेवरेज इट will get disrupted so we are in exciting times and i guess we need people like you who are the front movers you know and being a front mover i do completely understand that it comes with the pros and cons you know because you get in too early into the ecosystem and nobody wants to kind of like you know use those because they feel that it's too in the future but it's only the ones with the foresight understand that this is the future and data i think it's the new oil it's the new currency if i might say because and if we try to leverage that I think great businesses can be built, and that's already being shown across uh, industry. So let's start with Sapio Analytics. You know, you said that you've been doing this. I mean, could you kind of like give a lowdown on the different uh, subsectors of company that you have in, in uh, Sapio Analytics? What actually does it do? What are the products? What are the services? Now, when we started Sapio Analytics, it would have been so tough, right? Now you are talking about how tough it is for people in general to uh, understand and adapt to the new, you uh, know, the new transformation which is happening. So if it is tough for general corporates or businesses, it is maybe hundred times tougher for the government, isn't it? It's like you know, it's it's in a different uh, league altogether in that sense. And then of course, you know, having been having like working with the government with people who are who are you know who have been very integral to government. And the team of CPO basically includes uh, ex, uh, uh, you know, civil services officers, many of them. So you know, it's like a, uh, it's a very exciting group of people. So we understand government very well. When something as unprecedented as COVID happens, what do you do? Who do you fall back to? How do you take decisions? And that's where what comes into picture is the use of AI. artificial intelligence now i'll come to how and what since you asked that question so one of the divisions that we have uh, within sapio is focused on economic growth right now this division basically uh, currently is working with the government of uttar pradesh uh, government of telangana as well uh, where it and also uh, also with government of india uh, where there is an entirely new uh, uh, policy that we have been able to create i'll i'll talk about that briefly also where the idea is that can we take important decisions with respect to our economic growth using data analytics that's the starting point of it now for example when this whole migrant crisis started happening uh, you know when the reverse migrant crisis you know we, our job was to be on ground and collect as much data as possible and we were getting lot of data and out of all the data that we were getting we started realizing the system started realizing that this can be converted into an opportunity because people are going back into their homes hometowns and maybe the economy which has been so centralized that only maybe some places like mumbai and bangalore or hyderabad they or delhi control the economy of the country maybe it can be decentralized a little bit more using 
दिस पर्टिकुलर सिचुएशन विच हैज हैपन्ड नाउ विद दिस एन एंटायरली न्यू सिस्टम गॉट क्रिएटेड सो वॉट वी डू टिपिकली नो दैट वी एक्चुअली हेल्प क्रिएट पॉलिसीज सो वी कॉन्सेप्चुअलाइज पॉलिसीज फर्स्ट so we uh, this was the output which was coming to the system it goes to our domain experts who understand policy making and everything else and then we came up with a policy which was about system which can empower the blue collared workers okay and when it's like an like a guide for the blue collared workers helping them get the right jobs in the location which they want and if they do not get such job then providing them with the right skills so that they can you know take up that kind of a job which is around them so, and of course guide them like a lifetime guide for them right it's like you know an artificial intelligent guide for them so it's a bot which interacts with them and keeps on guiding them in their language in their manner in an empathetic way understanding their skills their lack of skills and uh, then being able to you know kind of see how this part of the skill can be used in a particular job which is around their area so on one side our system was able to use data analytics to recommend a policy on the other side the implementation of that policy also we suggest should not just be in the usual way because you know imp- you know suggesting a policy is slightly i mean not say not so easy part but you know many policies get created but the execution becomes the toughest part in the entire process so we bring in ai not just in recommending policies but also in the execution of the same so this is how this thing got created it was launched by the prime minister like through the prime minister's office uh, it's part of uh, uh, the uh, D- department of science and technology uh, no division it's called saksham so saksham is a uh, is is a thing which came out and now it's becoming very prominent a few lakhs uh, people have been on the platform registered and we are targeting to you know reach millions of uh, lives through this so this is an example of how on one side we bring in intelligence coming in from data to decide and create the right policy and set the right benchmarks milestones all the milestone planning everything comes from data and not just out of you know 10 people sitting in a room and taking a decision right and then after that also using technology to execute in a it in a way that that can help the citizens directly uh, under the economic growth platform the work which we are doing with government of up is again amazing because it is where we have launched something called a smart digital census now census as we know typically takes you you may be aware maybe almost a year to conduct or even more to conduct a proper census and then it takes years to extract data out of it and then extract some form of intelligence out of it by that time things have already changed so what is needed when we talk and this is not just a problem in india it's a common global problem people talk about taking all of this data and then it takes years to actually you know extract intelligence out of it now this whole concept of smart digital census is where data comes in real time collected through digital processes in real time outputs are coming in recommendations are coming in actions can be taken policies can be brought in it's all happening as the process begins not just that in smart digital census those changes which needs to be brought in the method of collecting the data uh, can also keep on can also be actually dynamic which means you know as as the data keeps on coming in the system will suggest now maybe you need to go to this area or this change needs to be brought in the way you are collecting census so that data becomes much more efficient 
accurate as well in the process one core focus of our platforms here is also on the hyper local aspect what happens let's say you know when you are doing these uh, surveys or something generally the another problem is that okay we take a census okay india is having this problem that's good good to know on overall level but one locality in banaras may be having a different problem compared to you no know, one uh, locality maybe here in mumbai so things are very different and those specific unique elements of a region needs to be brought out to make the right policies even today when when one policy which has been uh, recommended currently in recommendation stage which has come out of this up census is 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 a common policy for the entire state but its execution is designed very differently for each region for each region is designed differently everywhere you know this kind of action needs to happen this kind of action needs to happen because of the the hyper local aspect uh who would have thought you would take uh, a, a, a what what's a challenge and create an opportunity of that you know the reverse migration you said you used and created suction that's such a beautiful thing you know because uh, i think the biggest impact post covid w- w- was the migrations they were completely disrupted though there is another side where the government say says that there's no data of the loss of death or 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 the job loss that is something which needs to be kind of corrected and kind of looked at so there is some great things which is happening and i need we, we i think need entrepreneurs such as yourself who create opportunities out of these even really huge problems that that we we have seen even the smart digital senses that you spoke about it, it's so awesome you know i mean i think in in another few decades if almost i mean if the central government the, the state government they all come together and understand the power of uh, exponential te- technologies and start leveraging it and leveraging the data i, I think we'll be able to create governance that works for everyone and not just for the the ones who are in a privileged situation sitting in urban areas so there there exactly. is whose voices can be heard you know that's right. generally that's how it works you're right i completely agree with you right so so there in in the course of conversation you use the term decentralization i, I think that's a very profound word and i think it, it it's a game changer it challenges the status quo of everyone the traditional governments the the banking industry the traditional institutes and so on and so forth but the promise of de- decentralization is, is so awesome it, it can create huge transformation you have been engaging the government introducing new policies and also implementing them and you're saying i mean the government is really open at this point of time and is accepted artificial intelligence so so on and so forth would the government be open for decentralization and do you see india which is decentralized the powers going more to the common man is is that a possibility or is it too a far far fetched dream whatever we are doing right now also would have looked as like something which is not possible at one time just imagine this just imagine the situation that you know uh, who takes decisions the whole power lies in taking decisions isn't it so the and i'll be a little blunt here the bureaucrats the people who are there in power you know the 
the whole civil services and you know the people who have kind of you know in a way run india to a great extent uh they do it uh, they 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 believe in the power which they have of taking decisions and they get involved right that's how they do it now on the other side the politicians who come to power for 5 years or whatever number of years they also want to take decisions and that's why they are there now someone comes and says that okay you take decisions that's fine but i will recommend what is it that you should be taking now just imagine this situation it's very tough for them to accept it right because you're saying that you know something else is needed something more is needed beyond your existence both of you you know both these segments but it has started happening right it started happening because it is giving results at the end of the day results matters right at the end of the day what matters is there is some form of benefit happening now if that starts happening both these you know power houses can start leveraging that also right i mean a uh, government can say that they have created this and that's why you know uh, better uh, you know things are happening no <laughs> the both power houses can leverage this also at the end of the day nothing speaks more than the result more than the impact so having said that coming to your point about decentralization if we see value if we are able to show value of course how it will start it will start off with some form of pilot okay let's do it in some small area and show if this works or not and if that works if that works in the way that it is able to show genuine impact somehow not really threatening the power that's also important it should not come across as threatening it has to be very smartly designed so that so you know people talk so i'll tell you why because i i sit in the middle right of that new age tech and also on the side of government so i could see that on sometimes the uh, the people who are working on new age tech and all this tech they they want a change complete change asap that also does not work right it has to move in stages so somehow without threatening the power houses which are there without make, making them feel rather making them feel that they are they are responsible for the contribution of this impact that is that is happening and then when actual impact starts happening decentralization wherever it is needed will happen so you mentioned threatening the power i i do not understand why that should be the point we have created systems that has benefited benefited us over the years you know there's banking industries they've flourished they've made money and everything there are so many industry institutions the government they they worked and of of vision as humans is to always create a better civil society for everyone right so why should be a technology which says that which gives power back to the the people should be looked at as a threat shouldn't it be look looked at okay this is something which is going to create a better tomorrow so why don't i change why don't i move on to a system which is more optimal why can't we have a perception like that rather than a threat you you understand this that does not mean that everyone else will understand it in the same way right i mean you you get the idea and then there are i mean there's it's about perception isn't it many people come with multiple perceptions about accepting certain things and in the real world 
we'll have to you know our perception is not maybe the best perception at times but may not always be accepted the way it is so one has to find out ways in which multiple perspectives are coming together and everyone is feeling that they are part of it that's how things can move forward if you, if, if you don't mind i'll just give you a quick example which is slightly again a little blunt but i would like to share this so uh, so when i talk to many uh, many bureaucrats also you know there's a reason they say why they do not take up new technologies they say that they are happy doing nothing and it's a nothing as in nothing too innovative because they're afraid you know i'll tell you the majority of the people who do innovations are the max, are the ones who would be under maximum number of reviews the reviews which are set by the governments right on the bureaucrats so why will anyone then want to get under review because you know people think that okay, why are you promoting this new tech why why not so this so people love to be you know doing nothing that's the general mindset in that mindset if one has to bring a change there is a lot of effort that goes into it but yes uh, the right message needs to be conveyed completely understand you know i mean think for ages all our bureaucrats politicians have been unaccountable that's the reason we have got governance where there are promises but there's lack of implementation i hope and i wish that through technologies and entrepreneurs who are brave and who push the boundaries and and care for everyone care for a better planet i think they are the ones who are the real change makers people like you who really are you know being advocates because i do understand how tough it might be to make uh, the, the government understand the potential of the transformation of, of uh, leveraging uh, new age tech uh, you have written the new book the artificially intelligent government would you like to talk a little bit about that the thought was to pen down the few things that we have done in the past and the people that i'm, I'm aware of who have been making some changes uh in the in in the governance itself and uh the thought was to present it to the world tell the world that something new has begun we need citizens to be aware that change is happening so that they can also play an active role in bringing that change forward and that's why this book uh which basically uh kind of introduces people to the power of using artificial intelligence in governments and how that can lead to an impact and the stories which are there are primarily related to the covid-19 crisis because that is the biggest you know that is that was the time and that is the time right now also we are facing it where maximum troubles are happening and of course there have been lots of failures you know in in this last one year but there have been some good success stories and if you look at some pockets and these success stories have been driven by tech it needs to come out this needs to come out that you know it is so i have you know i start the book by saying that the real hero is actually artificial intelligence but of course uh, ai is created by people so then i mention the various people who are behind this also but you know the idea is to make people aware that okay this is what tech can do tech can save my life so this is what this book tries to convey and hopefully start this message uh you know bring this message out to the world that uh, that this is happening it's not as if that it will 
maybe happen later or it's a you know thing of the future people talk about it right you know i end the book also by talking about some of the movies that we watched about governments having ai like minority report and others and all those you know, i just mention that because we talk about it from this perspective of uh, you know whenever there is this uh, ai government then we think of some form of you know disaster coming or something like that right and that's how typically it is been projected in movies so the idea is to tell the world that you know it's not a science fiction thing anymore it's happening and it's happening in the right way in the right manner the way it should be happening and we need more people to join the movement this is a new beginning and and how true this is a new beginning there is a change which is happening and you rightfully mentioned that a larger awareness needs to be created where everybody whether they're sitting in an urban area or rural area any part of the country they should be aware about this huge change because i i think internet is that tool which has democratized knowledge and if you have knowledge you can do whatever you want you know that there's no stopping you today we have free knowledge available on the internet in the form form of moocs massive open online courses through podcasts through webinars and so on and so forth so there's there's a change which is happening and so education is not just restricted to those those brick and mortar uh, institutes the only thing that's stopping an individual today is a desire and intent you could be sitting in a city or you could be sitting in a rural area if you have the desire and intent and and a, a connection in internet you could build businesses you could do everything connect to people and create so that so that is exciting and i think that message should go out that every individual in this planet is capable of creating or touching billions of people's life creating huge businesses billion dollar businesses or or creating change that impacts billions of people and this is possible so it the only thing that is stopping you is, is the desire and intent would you like to share a few anecdotes from your book okay so let me then talk about mumbai itself you know uh, mumbai when the whole uh, covid situation started uh, you know Uh, when it was not really there yet here in mumbai but the world was getting aware we uh, took cognizance of that our team there was a team which worked on it they could see they did some data churning you uh, know seeing data of what is happening in china what happened in uh, italy and other places at that time certain european countries and there was a pattern which was emerging that this is not something to be taken lightly you know because we were fearful that india has this habit of you know sometimes taking things a little lightly could have been a little concerning uh, and that's what we where this entire data first came in then we also saw the possibility of the economic impact this will create and the social impact negative social impact this will create as will with times to come so what we could see at that time it was not just the spread of the virus and that's where i say the intelligence of data comes in because it was also you uh, know economic impact which would have which would be a naturally negative thing coming in once things get shut down and then the kind of social impact in form of crime increase which we saw there's a lot of data which we have it's talked about how like for example domestic violence increased many things increased so there's all, all there are a lot of data around it also in india specifically i'm talking from that context so the the thought was okay now we can see that there are three different 
things economic uh, economy social society and the disease itself the spread itself that needs to be optimized in a way in decision making so when we talk to various uh, people at that time who were you know, supposed to be decision makers uh, we could see that some of them were either thinking only from the context of let us stop the spread and some of them were thinking only from the context of let us you know somehow they you know economy is the only thing we have to think about so and they were thinking that okay they think they are able to think ahead and that's why they are thinking of economy so generally we could see there was a gap people were thinking from their own angle what they understood better that was the output which was coming out in their decisions that's where we created a system uh, which was a decision support system which was able to optimize these three parameters on a, again a hyper local level for example within an area inside kolaba it would suggest that these many things should be open these many things should be closed so that the economy uh, is maintained society is not impacted and spread is also controlled so this concept of what we called the granular lockdown plan uh, was implemented at that time uh, you know of course uh, uh, you know at that time itself which was which was able to lead to some form of uh, some saving of lives so uh, it was actually you know implemented now this particular plan was then taken up by government of telangana and then they implemented it in a much bigger way we have got letters you know which talks about how this was a very beneficial thing for them so you know it then it became more popular the prime minister mentioned about granular lockdown plan much later but he did mention about it you know around some time around the second wave or something but the point is that you know this is something which was taken up by certain states certain places and we were able to create an impact genuine saving of lives genuine saving of livelihood both because it was economy also that needed to be controlled so yeah so this is it and of course uh, just one quick point idea i will not name the people who were responsible but yes there were multiple no i told so many things about bureaucrats and politicians but there were politicians as well as bureaucrats who were able to understand this and that is why we could do this so you know no being very clear about it yes so the the, the best part about uh, today is that we have some really interesting politicians policy makers even bureaucrats who understand the the potential of, of technology in fact just couple of weeks back i was having uh, a conversation with the uh, social media head of kerala and uh, mr anil anthony who's the opposition party uh, social media head and he is someone who's really vested in technology and understands the potential of technology so so there are these young uh, politicians who understand that technology is growing exponentially and if we start leveraging it now it's not just small businesses or big businesses even nations can benefit humongously can i shall i share a one one quick one more quick uh, yes, thing yes. with you not related to the book but something which happened recently but it's a very interesting thing since you mentioned kerala that's what came into my mind so i got a call last sunday uh, from uh, someone some person who came out of a very high profile meeting with the cm of kerala that onam is coming and uh, i mean now they have uh, support there are protests happening around opening up because of onam especially because of political reasons i mean it was open during bakreed so there is a lot of protest happening that it should be open you know uh, the market should be open during onam and uh, the cases are increasing in kerala so what should be done 
Now, the reason why I'm sharing this with you, I got a call who is a technical technology guy, which means there is this acceptance. They they wanted to know a solution. We, our team, sat. We designed an entire solution, a technical solution on what can be done. Keeping in mind all the problems that you are facing, you have to keep it open, but you have to still control it. How do you do all of this together? It was created through technology. So what I'm trying to say here that this acceptance is coming in, right? It's not just a decision which comes out of okay, you know, let us take a decision around it based on my vote bank or whatever be the reason. It's coming out of some place. So yeah. When you talk about uh, frontier technologies, newest technologies, uh, we we should not just talk about the positives you know we should obviously talk about the downsides of technology you know so people are aware that we are dealing with something which has the potential to exceed in intelligence far greater than the entire mankind put together that's artificial intelligence you know because there are people and researchers and scientists working on artificial general intelligence even at its narrow space narrow ai at this point of time besides uh, your your companies who who are leveraging it for you know great products and services and solutions there is the social media which is leveraging it for manipulating yeah. nudging an audience towards uh, uh you know buying things and things like that and obviously i mean everybody knows about the the uh, uh, the facebook uh, scandal with cambridge analytica and how uh, you know it was leveraged to manipulate voters now there there is a, a number of articles on the net which suggests that if if there's a government who's going into in the electoral electoral uh, process artificial intelligence machine learning data uh, analytics is going to play a huge huge role to create or, or, or make sure that a specific individual becomes the prime minister or the president though we are not completely do have that technology where we can completely manipulate nudge a voter in in a in a personalized and foolproof way but we are getting over there where eventually we will be able to nudge any voters towards voting someone how beneficial and how dangerous uh, can the these technology be no eddie you know you are you have asked a very important question a very tough one also because it's real what you are saying is very much real it's very much happening also okay in 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 certain ways so for example i'll just share with you something which we did okay i'll share that with you so the whole uh, covid-19 situation we decided that uh, especially during the second uh, wave that only by building the right resources and also by using tech the way we are using in decision making the work which we are doing will not be enough we needed to drive the perception of people to understand how important this is for them to control this so we designed an entire perception management system which was used to make people and it actually worked i'll not give it go into the depth of it that it was able to you know create and change perceptions of people around covid 19 it is not just a simple campaign which goes out 
like in a marketing campaign it's much more complicated than that because it is about understanding the reactions to certain messaging and then based on that messaging what kind of next message should go and effectively building a perception okay now sharing this with you of course with all your audience also because it is public <laughs> but of course once this is working out there will be a number of political parties who will approach us also right if we can manage perception in the context of covid-19 then a lot can be done isn't it we as a policy do not take up any political consultancy work but that is us that does not mean it's not possible right many companies would take it up very happily and are doing it the misutilization of technology especially in this context one specific context that you have mentioned is very much possible even today now there is no answer to this apart from the simple fact that any technology can always be used in both ways that's the only, that's the reality you know it's about who is using it what is being because it anything can literally you take out it's not just ai you take out anything any single thing any technology can always be used for both purposes now uh, you may be aware of palantir i'm sure i mean palantir technologies us everyone knows the company uh you know 65 say 70 billion dollar company now and it was it has been uh, you know uh, there has been a lot of questions around it that uh, its technologies which help in making taking decisions it's all ai based right and they, then us government has adopted it in a very beautiful way like it's seamlessly integrated over there it somehow is also racist some people claim this way and i was on reddit uh, you know i did an ama on reddit recently and you know reddit people ask lots of questions very tough questions they ask so someone asked me this that the biggest problem according to that person the world is facing today is racism and what i what they could see that racism is actually not getting solved but even getting propagated further using ai at least based on the example of what they were seeing in the us so i gave an answer as i told that i have not made a solution around racism also yet but then we discussed and we we could see how a solution can be designed to even solve racism using ai it can be solved also you can know like for example there is this subconscious bias people have right and that's something very deep uh, which exists especially in countries like you in india also everywhere it exists where you think about certain communities in certain ways and it's not something which comes out directly in front of you you also maybe sometimes not aware of this bias which exists but it comes out in certain actions that you are doing now if those actions are being recorded if the system is able to understand it can nudge you towards those subconscious biases there are multiple that's just one example multiple such things can be done to start controlling racism also using ai so the point is the same you no know, exponential technology which you talk about on one side maybe used in a way maybe i'm 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 honestly not you no know, uh, saying because i don't know enough about you uh, know the whole palantir thing and all whether it is it is negative or not i don't know about that but some people may say that it is being used in that way but the same thing can also be used towards the good also to solve the same problem which some may think is being propagated because of the same you know technology right yeah, yeah so so technology is a double edged sword and you rightfully pointed out it's never the technology it's the humans who nudge it towards the direction where he he wants to take it and you know that could through history we have seen that 
the use of technology there are people who can use it for great things and have created huge transformation but there are people who have used it negatively for for bad things also i mean just i mean since we we talking about the negative use of technology i mean we can slightly possibly delve into the project pegasus you know how it's uh, the, the current government is leveraging that and that is something i think which is uh, I, I didn't expect something from India because China, yes, I mean, that's valid. You know, I mean, they're doing it for the Uyghurs. I mean, using facial uh, recognition, monitoring its people. And and, and and that's maybe China. But, you know, when the Indian government did it, I, I thought that the, that is a start of a loop which doesn't have an end. Uh, are you restricted or only... Uh, sharing your services to Indian states uh, and the government or are you also uh, looking out for or are you engaging other yeah, nations? So that's the reason why we have expanded ourselves. We have a US entity as well. The US entity is not to help US. It's for various developing countries. So we have created an international entity in US, especially focused on South America. For example, uh, Guyana is a very interesting small country in Caribbean. You know, Guyana recently found oil. Uh, they they could they oil was discovered there, and now it's on a new path. It used to be one of those, uh, you know, uh, developing underdeveloped economies, and now it's on a new path after you know uh, formation of oil over the founding founding of oil over there. And uh, uh, thankfully, we were able to get very you know deeply connected to the government and make them realize that this new path. It's an opportunity. It should not be wasted away. New age tech has to be brought in because you're going into something new. You're talking about becoming the next UAE or whatever. You know, it needs to be done with lot of smartness. So, so just as an example, I'm saying Guyana is there and then various other developing economies. We have been uh, talking to various countries in Africa and other countries in different parts of the world. We have, you know, initially we have recently appointed a... Uh, two managing directors also uh, global and overseas responsible for different uh, different uh, geographies that we have right so so ashwin paint a picture for my audience of what this decade or the future of governance is going to look like and how deeply will governments at least here in india will start leveraging newish technologies 10 years is such a long time i'm i'm very confident that india because we will, uh, us as citizens will make the governments more accountable towards adapting technology even more, uh, which means definitely in majority of the departments, decisions will be taken based on what data is saying. And of course, you know, data is something which can easily be manipulated as well. But I'm very confident that if we bring in, you know, what we do, it's not just data analytics, but also you know, some amount of self-learning in the data so that, you know, it's controlled from biases and etc, etc. So basically, uh, I could see and I am I'm foreseeing it, you know, I'm genuinely foreseeing it. It's not a utopian vision. I'm foreseeing it that governments will start taking decisions uh, for the people because it is the people who are creating that data. It's the citizens who are creating it. It's not just a few small lobbies or certain powerful people or certain segments, certain central bodies. It's the people in general who are creating data and they are saying what is the decision that needs to be taken. Of course, their voice, you know, typically we say that people's representative are their voice. 
now i'm saying that technology will be the voice of the people tech is going to be the voice of the people even more than the people's representatives who are going to be part of course but tech is going to be the voice of the people because it's directly coming from the people to the system right so <laughs> so 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 effectively in 2031 i can see a world uh, especially you know from the context of india where the focus will be on citizens in general you know and uh, they will be the ones actually in power through tech driving it now it's very tough it's a utopian world what i am talking about but i genuinely believe it and that's what i am working towards so that's the kind of world which i want to create as well isn't it so the, of course i will believe in it believe in the possibilities of such a world being there where this is how decisions are being taken and of course uh, we will have lot of smartness uh, through this for example you know today uh, covid led to so many issues in the healthcare ecosystem we could see how much of a problem exists uh, when it comes to optimization of healthcare resources we saw it first hand we were you know we could we could see it very clearly and uh, this is something which can which needs to be solved this will be something which definitely will be solved where you know again uh, and another one thing uh, people think that there is a lot of money required to bring in tech that's again a misconception rather tech can save money a lot in the process and that's what i believe will happen that uh, we will see a better world in that sense that okay maybe india will not have every village of india will not have one uh, let's say phc a primary healthcare center but it will be connected it will be it the people will be served maybe a virtual phc will be there if not a real phc and that's the re- no we if we try to make okay india will have one phc in every the village it will not happen in the next 10 years it's not possible practically we don't have so much money anyways we are you know in so much of uh, debt right now it will happen only when we realize that the same vision can be achieved by bringing in tech where virtual phcs can exist in a very beautiful you know manner in which hub and spoke uh, you know spoke kind of a model connected to a central location where a lot can be solved using tech and this is what will happen where the realization will come in that it's not just you know we need high end tech and money to actually you know do what we are trying to do uh, but and and most importantly it's about the the people in the most interior parts what we call in india being much more empowered that is something which is definitely going to happen in the next 10 years because that's where the real change will begin from so that empowerment of the citizens not just limited to people like us but you know to everyone uh, is something which i expect will happen right I, I, we need more entrepreneurs such as yourself who think like that because it's only and only when we handhold the underprivileged and, and take in everyone we can create a truly global superpower in a nation which will create innovations that will challenge a, a, everyone and yes i, I do hope that you know we we get into that world and you said so rightfully that tech not necessarily has to be expensive it, it is something which will add not just value but it will actually save money it it's the opposite of what people think people think that you know the, the technology is expensive but i guess all of these technologies in the next couple of years artificial intelligence 5g augmented reality virtual reality mixed reality blockchain is going to converge and once it converges the benefits it, it, it is going to be 
humongous and i hope that the listeners who are listening and understand and and try and go towards that direction because to create a better future i think technology will play a huge 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 role my last question to you since you are vested in artificial intelligence you've also written a book i, I had a conversation with uh, the chief information officer of estonia and i posed the same question to him do you see an artificial intelligent prime minister or president of a nation <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh, eddie the problem is that this is public right so and i i am i sit on committees of the government also so i have to be very careful in whatever i speak right when i represent you uh, know parts of the government too um uh, not necessarily in that you uh, know not sure about that term whether it will be called that but very much possible at least in spirit what you are saying that's what i will say right I, I, i'm excited for the future because there is so many wrongs and, and today we have the opportunity to correct the wrongs and and we need entrepreneurs who have foresight and who want to create a better world and it only can happen if we join our hands are are collaborative and create a governance which, which is participatory and we involve everyone today i think we generate 2.5 quintillion bytes of data every single day now even if we kind of take that data and infer something from it intelligent i think every business sectors will see huge transformation so i'm excited for the future thank you for being part of the podcast and sharing uh, insights on what the future of government could look like wish you the very best for you your company and the new book and to my listeners if you like what you see in here please press the subscribe button until next time see you guys bye bye thank you thank you ashwin thank you thank you eddie thanks a lot